Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Um, If you're here again, then I really hope that maybe you've listened to the first episode of the Frontline Herbalism Podcast and you're back for more, which is really exciting. Uh, The focus of this episode is going to be introducing the Prisoner's Herbal Book. I'm going to be reading the introduction and the kind of section about my story of going to prison and learning about plant medicines. The reason I wanted to kind of like start the podcast off with this is mainly because it's like one of the biggest um, parts of my work in terms of supporting people experiencing state violence with herbal medicine. Um, But also because, um, if you didn't know, there's a war happening right now. Um, The invasion of Ukraine is horrific and affecting lots of people I love. And I've been very active starting a project called Ukraine Herbal Solidarity. Um, And I'm going to do a standalone like episode about the project. But the, the short version is we have a clinic site in Poland at a gas station where coaches come from people like across the different borders, like the different kind of like border point, like border crossings with between Ukraine and Poland. And um, the coaches kind of go on their way to other places like Warsaw or Berlin and they stop at this gas station and people get off and they have a 10 minute breather. They get a cup of tea. They, you know, maybe they get some toys for their children um, and we have a little space where we have herbal medicine available for people. So Ukraine has like a really, really, really vibrant, incredible tradition of herbal medicine. And yeah, Valerian sold out, for example, on like day three of the invasion. So we have different tinctures like um, Valerian and Skullcap and Rose and Hawthorn and different things for like immune support, stress support, sleep, muscle pain, Um but yeah, I'm already going into too many details, but basically I'm going to do a separate podcast about it really, really soon. But at the moment, like while I'm doing that project, it's just taking like my absolute like body and soul right now. We're trying to fundraise like thousands of pounds. We're making thousands of medicines. Everything is on a scale, you know, an absolutely huge scale. Like I'm kind of used to like broader scale medicine making, especially through the pandemic and working Um, in Calais with the clinic but yeah this is just like unrelenting huge workload um, (laughs) which I'm a bit of a magnet towards people that know me listening to this will chuckle but yeah it's been a really incredible project like and um, yeah I'm going to be going to Poland super soon but doing the kind of like series about the prisoners herbal it just gives me a bit of breathing space to then have time to do kind of like batch interviews so meet with different people around the world like I've got a whole spreadsheet of people I'm gonna contact and just like fingers crossed they're up for being interviewed um so yeah the podcast will hopefully become kind of more interesting and collective and engaging like as time goes on um but right now I just really wanted to get it just to get it live and I think the prisoners herbal is like a very special project and you know right now is like really herbal season right we're in the summer um and all of the plants in the book are in flower or yeah it's like peak time to harvest them so I think to make it useful for people on the outside they can hear about the book and hopefully that can encourage them to order copies for their loved ones in prison or for themselves yeah so that's the plan so I'm just going to be kind of like reading the book and then at the beginning of each episode I'm going to have some like shout outs for different solidarity things yeah okay all right here we go (laughs) 
The book actually starts with a dedication to my best friend, Sam, um, who is still in prison. Okay, so it says, For Sam, to my best friend who is still in prison, you brought me joy every day in the prison gardens. One day you'll be free and we will we will gather plants together on the outside. This book is dedicated to you. And I'll probably talk about Sam sometime soon on the podcast. She's having a really hard time again now with her cancer. Um, but yeah, that's in the introduction of the book, which I'm going to read now. Okay, so welcome to The Prisoner's Herbal. This book has been put together to create a resource for prisoners who would like to learn more about plants growing in prison courtyards. It will be distributed to prisoners around the world via supportive individuals and solidarity projects. It contains detailed descriptions of plants, their medicinal and edible uses, how to use them and what health challenges they can support. There is also a section on how to use items that can be brought on canteen for health uses, such as salt, pepper, chili powder and more. So this is like the the prisony bit. When I was 21 years old, I entered one of Britain's highest security prisons for women and began a three and a half year prison sentence. This book shares stories of the relationships I built with with plants in the prison gardens. The profiles in this book highlight their edible, medicinal and other traditional uses, and most importantly, how to use them in a prison context with limited access to resources or common medicine making ingredients such as alcohol or oil. The prison where I did my sentence was a privatised prison, meaning I wasn't able to access the spices and the vegetables available in some UK prisons. But certainly not all, you know, like not all prisons have this stuff, if that makes sense. However, I have asked friends inside to send me copies of their canteen sheets and I have created a section of the book with remedies from these ingredients that are available. I also did some research into what is available in prisons in the United States, which seems even more limited than what I call Prison Island UK. Just a side note, Prison Island UK is like a name of a report about prison expansion in England and Wales. So if you didn't know, the state want to build like 18,000 new prison places here. Because, you know, prison's very effective. You know, it's like all all profit-driven, of course. Um, but anyway, I'm going to hopefully have like a episode about prison expansion soon. All right, back to the book. This is really important. I'm painfully aware that prisoners will all have different access to plants. A minority may work in the prison gardens and may even grow many more plants than those that are detailed in this book. However, the majority will only see a prison courtyard once a day or even once a week if they're lucky. Many others still will not see the outside at all, contesting with years and years of solitary confinement. For those that can access a courtyard, it may have some grass, but more likely it will just be concrete hopefully with some defiant plants growing through the cracks. In some prisons, they actively poison all plants with the chemical spray Roundup to maintain a sterile environment to further dehumanise prisoners. If you are a prisoner reading this, then I hope at whatever level of access you have, this book is interesting and useful. And it's really important to emphasise about the access, because like COVID has been like such a game-changer. You know, prisoners like across England, Wales and Scotland, I mean, across the world, right, have been doing really extreme lengths of bang up. You know, look, you're looking at like 23 hours a day. Sometimes people don't get unlocked at all if they're like short of staff. I think my friend Sam had like three or four days where she didn't get unlocked at all. And it's just absolutely horrific because they had, you know, the whole wing was shut down from COVID. So like slowly things are kind of like changing but like the prison officers are like very happy with this new model of like constant bang up because it's just like less work for them even though it really harms prisoners like it increases self-harm and prisoner suicides okay i have also organized information in an index so that you can see a list of common health issues and which plants are recommended 
I thought for many people who are new to herbalism, this can often be an easier way to start. You will also find a glossary of terms. I have tried to limit botanical and medical jargon as much as possible, but certain words are very specific in understanding actions of plants, so please just look up any that are not clear. The final pages offer a resource section with recommended books and herbal schools that offer distance learning programs, including one that sends course materials completely free to prisoners in solidarity, Nicole Rose. Um, So that program is actually with the Commonwealth Herb School in Boston in the so-called United States, and they are absolutely amazing. They've like transcribed hundreds of hours of courses so that people in prison can read them. I think it's like not ideal in the sense that like, because prisoners can't watch the videos it's kind of like less of it's like not ideal as a learning experience to just read text and lots of people like me are dyslexic inside or have challenges with reading and writing so we'd really like to update materials with like more photographs and send more like books to prisoners with textbooks stuff like this okay so this is like the the next level of introduction if that makes sense this is this is actually my story um so this is like a little bit a little bit harder to read, but whatever. Hopefully this is the only time I'm going to have to read this on a mic. Okay, here we go. When I was 21 years old, I entered one of Britain's highest security prisons for women called HMP Bronzefield and began a three and a half year prison sentence. I was sent down for conspiracy to blackmail after a 2.1 million police operation to repress and criminalise the grassroots campaign I was part of to close Europe's largest animal testing company who kill more than 100,000 animals every single day. After raiding and arresting more than 32 people, the operation eventually put 12 of us through the courts and people were sentenced from between a few months to 11 years. I was no stranger to prison, however. My first boyfriend got sent down when I was just 16 years old and so I had regularly visited prisons across England by the time it was my turn to go through the gates. All in all, I just spent under two years in the prison itself and the rest under strict probation outside. For many, this could seem like a long sentence. However, for many loved ones that I know inside that are serving long sentences, it really is not. Friends and comrades are serving life sentences or contemporary versions of them and are literally losing their whole lives to prison. Many do not know when or if they will ever be free. Since getting out of prison, I have done my best to support my close friends that remain inside. And, you know, like, this was published in 2019, but they're still there. And I will put, like, call-outs for solidarity and stuff on the podcast. Okay. Over many years, I have witnessed their mental and physical health decline as the brutality of the prison system has taken its toll. From increasingly horrifying self-harm to frequent suicide attempts. Nine years into her sentence, my best friend Sam was diagnosed with cancer. Her literal battle between life and death escalated due to serious medical neglect by the private prison that she was in. They failed to take her to hospital appointments, failed to communicate test results and completely failed with post-surgery aftercare where she contracted infection after infection. The doctors in the specialist hospital who had operated on her told me that the prison had failed to bring her to over nine appointments. Each time they had assembled a surgical team to remove the cancerous tissues from her and the prison didn't even call to say that they would not bring her in and you know like just a little ad lib here but like that's like a huge amount of pressure on the NHS you know like that's not just affecting Sam but that's also affecting other people that are waiting for like life saving life saving surgery and um Sam actually has anal cancer so it's like a very specific rare form of cancer um where they they don't operate on it everywhere so yeah the kind of repercussions of this private prison doing that was like very significant for all sorts of people 
It is an absolute miracle that she is still alive after two major operations, multiple MRSA infection and years of hellish stress fighting for her life. The consultant told me if the cancer had grown by even four millimetres, it would have been game over. Yeah, and just to highlight, she's actually had a third a third lot of surgery now and we're kind of waiting on her results. Um, the cancer unfortunately has come back again. She has like a yearly checkup now. And um, yeah, it's very likely that she'll need radiotherapy soon. Um, anyway, but again, this is like another really important point now. So for people reading this in prison, you will not be surprised. You will have witnessed and mo- most likely experienced medical neglect yourself. You will have been in pain and been unable to access painkillers or seen people begging for medical attention completely ignored by prison officers. When I was in prison, a girl even miscarried and was left alone to bleed out in her cell before being unlocked the next day. It is in part because of this intense medical neglect that I feel motivated to put together this book. Herbalism is incredibly empowering because plants give us the opportunity to actively care for our own health without fighting an authority. We all know that everything is a fight in prison. Likewise, prison food is awful and wild plants can supplement industrial diets bringing desperately needed vitamins and minerals to our bodies. More than anything, learning about plants is fun. They become familiar friends and help counter the loneliness of imprisonment. When I got sent down, I was expecting to be totally removed from nature, but I remember when I entered the prison and first got processed, that's kind of like when they like book you in in reception and count all your belongings and make you an ID card and stuff like this. But yeah, I remember that first night where I was taken across the main courtyard to the house block where the newcomers go. And I looked down and I could see dandelions pushing through the concrete. I could see magpies and crows on the prison walls and fences. I knew that I would find comfort in witnessing this wild resistance and this book captures these memories and experiences. After several months of bang up and working in the gym, waiting to get my security clearance for a job in the gardens, I finally got the slip under my door that I'd been assigned to work in the garden party. It's not actually a party, it's just like um, it's just like the team of people that work in the gardens. I don't know why they call it party. Okay, this meant I could work outside with a small crew of other girls. Most of the labour, dare I say all of it, was completely monotonous. Removing the weeds that I'd love from beds or paths, or in my case, pretending to weed them and always leaving the roots in the ground so they regrow. Literally did that every time with dandelions or mowing the grass. Occasionally we would do more interesting tasks like finally planting up a vegetable garden in the main courtyard as well as building a veg patch and herb garden in the new garden of the mother and baby unit of the prison. That's right, they literally lock up um, mothers and their babies and then they take their babies off them and keep them in prison and it is absolutely awful. And actually there's been a campaign because I don't know if it's one or two but yeah, I think maybe two uh, babies have like died in that prison since I've left and uh, yeah, it's absolutely horrific. Okay, the courtyards were mostly small triangular concrete yards with a triangle of grass in the middle, but amidst the grass were some of my favourite plants such as yarrow and daisy. In the main courtyard there were ornamental roses, so many that when we had to prune them all in the winter I got really bad RSI in my wrist from working in the cold and cutting them back. Under these roses I found mineral rich plants like chickweed and dandelions. Another job we had was clearing areas near the inside perimeter fences. This mostly involved strimming curbs or pulling plants out of the gravel. It was here that I encountered plants like mallow and plantain who loved the sandy stony soil. Of course, I was not allowed to take plants back to my room, so began a daily adventure of how how the hell to smuggle things back. We were searched after every shift on the gardens party, which involved a pat down by an officer. I learnt all manner of tricks of putting leaves in my bra or underwear, carrying them in my gloves or doing a bit of a sleight of hand before being searched. 
If I had a library appointment after being in the garden, it would mean I could even smuggle plants around, press them into my books. Fortunately, I think officers suspected I wasn't a drug user because of what I'd been sent down for, so they didn't search me as vigilantly as folks they suspected were trading or passing drugs around the prison. Little did they know that I'd often take herbs back from my friends on the wing or make them cups of tea when they had hero pains or tummy cramps. Other than bringing things back to my room, I'd also just eat plants there and then when I was weeding. My palate became adapted to the more bitter taste of wild plants. When we built the vegetable gardens in the main courtyard, I asked the prison officer in charge of the garden party if we could grow some rocket. This plant is so nutritious, full of vitamins and minerals, including zinc and vitamins A, B6, C and K. It is also super easy to germinate. It spreads everywhere. I soon did some gorilla planting where I would take the seeds and spread them in the various courtyards of the prison to maintain my supply of fresh greens and so that others could access them too. If only more of the prisoners knew what they were and that you can eat them. In addition to working in the prison gardens, I was also incredibly lucky to access some financial support from a charity to undertake a distance learning course in horticulture and permaculture design, as well as a short distance learning course in herbalism. It sounds so cheesy to write this, but these courses really did change my life. On release, I learnt to grow on a bigger scale and have now taught hundreds of other low-income families to learn how to grow food. The workers' cooperative that I started has multiple community gardens, a mushroom farm, wildflower park, forest garden and more, as well as a four and a half acre permaculture project where I now live. Um, I'm sadly not involved in the workers' co-op anymore, um, which is called Feed Avalon, but yeah, it was definitely a life-changing experience to be involved in it and it's like amazing that they're still going strong. Okay, my passion for herbal medicine has only grown over time and in 2018 I decided to apply to train as a clinical herbalist. Scared that my conviction would be a barrier, I finally found a school that that did not discriminate and so I am now halfway through a four-year training, meaning that soon soon I will be able to more proactively help people with their health by accessing herbal medicines. I also started the Solidarity Apothecary Project, which you can read more about at the back of the book. The herbal medicine course that I studied in prison, as incredibly inspiring and interesting as it was, made herbalism feel abstract for me in the context I was in. I could never make any of the things that the assignment suggested, whether it was tinctures or salves or ointments. Likewise, most or nearly all the plants they included were unavailable to me at the time. Therefore, I wanted to write this herbal book as a way of bringing herbalism alive to people in prison. I know that many people will still read these pages and feel an intense heartache because of these plants are still out of reach to them, like the ingredients in the canteen section, which I would have killed to have access to when I was in prison. But I hope for everyone that there is at least one plant that calls to them which they can find. Connecting with plants in prison is not just about making medicine, it is about friendship, it is about contending with the isolation, despair, trauma and violence with something alive and beautiful. A part of one of the tattoo sleeves on my arm reads, Never Alone. I got it before I got sent down because I wanted to remind myself that I am not alone. During years of state repression, I felt isolated and betrayed by the movement I grew up in. I felt like any grassroots or revolutionary struggle to change things was ultimately weaker than those in power and control. I felt small and vulnerable, but plants reminded me every day that they are on our side. All the plants, animals and ecosystems in the world want recovery, they want freedom, they want health, and with them as allies, we are never alone. I would therefore encourage people not just to make things with the plants they find or use them for health ailments, but to try and make friends with plants. In the herbal world, they are commonly called plant allies. I've written a whole section about this, what, about what this means in practice. The short version is that we can build friendships with plants by simply hanging out with them, sitting with them, and drawing them and tasting them. I know so many of my friends like rinse me for stuff like this, like laughing at me for talking to plants and stuff. Um, 
but yeah, like, you know, it's just like how you got to roll, right? Anyway, okay. In prison, I used to sleep with a dandelion root under my pillow. It made me feel safer. It literally made me feel grounded. Before I had many herbal books or worked through my coursework, I would have vivid dreams about plants. I dreamt once about plantain talking to me and telling me it was useful for woundage before looking up in a book that it was one of the best plants to apply to wounds. I would make a mini altar under my bed with dried plants from the garden and bring it out after bang up as something that made me feel comforted. As we all know in prison, it only lasted as long as the next cell search, but the process of creating that sacred space was so valuable to me. The relationships with plants that we build, they stay with us for life. Every time I'm driving to a prison visit, stressed about being late or anxious about the intensity of what might happen, I pull up at a motorway services and see a patch of dandelions. I feel strengthened. When I get bitten by a spider at a gig, I know which plants to look for in the city streets outside the venue. Each time I see yarrow, now I feel like I've bumped into an old friend. This stuff probably sounds mega hippie-ish, but it's the truth. Once you become familiar with different plants, the familiarity and comfort never goes away. I hope that this book can be the start of a journey that you can continue and deepen for the rest of your life. Creating a relationship with the wild, inside and out, can sustain us in even the darkest moments. All right, so that's that's the first chapter. Um, next, I'm going to talk about like actually preparing plant medicines in prison um, and a little bit about kind of herbal actions and how the plant profiles are structured. And then, yeah, we're just going to do like a big deep dive into into all of the all of the herbs from the book. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And yeah, once again, like, please just contact me for stuff you want to plug on the podcast. I mean, I can't imagine I have many listeners listeners right now. Like I said, it is probably me and like six quiz off Instagram. But um, yeah, if you can share it and support the show in some way, I would like really appreciate it. And um, yeah. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.